Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast for the Archives of Disease and Childhood Fetal and Neonatal Edition. My name is Jonathan Davis and today we have the privilege of discussing an article that will be published in this month's journal entitled The Attitudes of Neonatologists Towards Extremely Preterm Infants. We have two of the authors with us on the podcast and I'll ask them to introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Neil Marlow, I'm Professor of Neonatal Medicine here at UCL. Uh, Dr. Narendra Adangadi, I'm a consultant neonatologist at uh, Hamilton University Hospital in London. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a privilege to have you both having a discussion of this very excellent paper. Um, this is a paper that, is, uh, that has the potential to generate a lot of emotive and topical discussion. I'd firstly like to ask you, Professor Marlowe, could you share some of the thinking and some of the background of this topic area and what prompted this study to be undertaken? Yes, this was something that has been sort of interesting me for many years now and um, it's a shame that Katie Gallagher, who's the first author, can't be here because she and I met when she was doing a study of nurses and we were looking at nursing attitudes and once we'd done that, our next goal was to do a study of neonatologists' attitudes because this whole area of how we affect and how we interact with our patients and our parents is increasingly challenging for many people. And there's very little background information on how that is actually affected. We do know from some work done in the Euronic study um, a while back that people's attitudes differ. And one of the things that I've been doing recently is discussing with my colleagues in two or three other European countries and I was quite surprised that their attitudes were very different to ours. So we thought we ought to try and find out what's going on amongst neonatologists and this supports some work we've been doing and we hope to extend, if we're lucky enough to get a grant to do it, into a series of recordings of conversations between neonatologists and parents when it comes to considering end-of-life decisions. Okay, thank you. Um, and I think from my, certainly from my reading of the article and from people I've discussed it with, it does sit in that grey area between what we think and what we do, that sort of uh, metacognition, almost thinking about how we think. The study uh, has a, a second part of the title that I omitted, and it's, uh, it describes itself as a Q methodological study. Now, obviously, as an expert in Q methodology myself, I um, know all about this. However, you wouldn't mind just uh, discussing for the benefit of our... Um, of our listeners what Q methodology is and, and why it was important and why it was useful to do in this particular study? Well, Q methodology is a way of quantifying people's attitudes to different um, statements. And the interesting thing about this set of what we call Q set was that we derived these from interviews that we'd had with nurses who worked around late termination. And then we built this up with the nurses. Now we used the same questions with the doctors. Now the QSort comprised a whole group of 53 statements about care and attitudes at very low gestations. And the doctors ranked them between plus six and minus six. And that gave us a way of quantifying their attitude. And so everyone who contributed to the study ranked all the statements and then we were able to score them and then using the distributions of those scores and some challenging statistics uh, we came up with a cluster analysis which gave us three groups 
And that was very similar to the findings we had in, um, when we looked at the nurses. OK, thank you. Dr. Aladangari, um, there were some similarities in the opinions that people expressed, but there are also quite dramatic differences, almost polar differences. Could you just talk us through what, briefly some of the themes and opinions that were expressed in the study? Thank you. It's, uh, the consensus statement is a majority agreed on limiting care or withdrawal of life-supporting treatment when uh, there is a strong prediction of poor outcome. There was also consensus on involving parents or keeping baby and parent in the center of decision-making. There was some difference in attitude uh, among the neonatologists regarding resuscitating the lowest uh, gestational age infant. For example, Majority of them, they agreed the lowest limit should be 24. But some uh, limited numbers said there should not be any limit uh, to the lowest uh, gestation age. There was also difference in uh, attitude. What risk factors or predicted risk factors for long-term poor outcome should be taken into consideration in making decision to limit life support? Anything else Neil, you would like to? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... What we found in our cluster analysis were three clusters. The biggest cluster was a group that actually felt that there should not be a limitation based on gestational age. That was 12 of the contributing doctors. And they also felt very much that we should continue to develop technology to push uh, the boundaries of gestational age that we could provide care for. There was a second group of doctors, which was five in, in total, where there was an absolute limit of 24 weeks, except one of those five actually felt absolutely there should be absolutely no limit and we should try for every baby that had that was life-born, whereas the other four felt very strongly that we should not look after babies below 24 weeks. And then there was a third group who actually wanted very much to use them a more overt risk-based approach involving the parents in those discussions. So those, those three groups came out as very statistically different when we looked at their Q-sorts and, um, and actually mapped onto the nursing attitudes we had where there were three similar groups, one believing that parents should always be at the primacy of decision-making, one believing that no one has the right to make a decision, and one group believing that actually parents are not in a position to be able to make the decision, and that they will then default the decision to the professionals. Neonatologists often have strong opinions on various aspects of newborn care. It would be interesting to understand how these participants were selected and, and whether the participants themselves felt that they had something they needed to get across and therefore were always going to have very polarising opinions and actually whether these opinions would be reflected in other neonatologists in other parts of the country and in other parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, this is always a problem when you're doing um, what's essentially qualitative research. But these were all volunteers, and they were from a whole range of ethnic backgrounds, training experience, and time spent as a consultant. So there's a whole range of senior neonatal trainees and consultants that we engaged in it. But they are all volunteers. 
and one has to remember that because it's very difficult to get people to talk openly about their feelings if they are really reluctant to do so. I think it finds immense resonance in other countries. I've been talking a lot with colleagues in the Netherlands and though they have a very firm line in the sand there, there's a, a, a significant proportion of neonatologists there that have a slightly different view and feel that that line causes more trouble than uh, it need be and they're beginning to sort of push away at uh, trying to get below that line. And we're trying to set up some comparative research between our own national studies and national studies in France to try and study some of these attitudinal differences. So I think there is a resonance here uh, when I look at the results of uh, this analysis with other countries and a broad spectrum of neonatologists. As Professor Marlow mentioned, we invited all the neonatal consultants from two uh, tertiary neonatal centres, as well as uh, senior neonatal trainees from the same uh, hospital. Nine out of uh, 20 consultant neonatologists and approximately 55% of the senior neonatal trainees, they participated. As Professor Marlow mentioned, uh, they had varied experience, exposure, within the UK as well as abroad. So I believe it represents uh, the general attitudes of uh, neonatologists from other parts of the world as well. well thank you for, for those answers. I guess one thing that interests me specifically is these are opinions of, of neonatologists and obviously opinions often reflect in practice. So how, how do you think these opinions and obviously these are specific neonatologists so we're not talking in specifics but how do you think these opinions are actually expressed in people's practice and does that impact on care there's a there's a nice line in the study about if you just in terms of futility where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy do you think that these opinions do impact on the care we deliver both within units individually within regions and is that measurable or and can we measure that in some way well there's been a lot of interest recently in variation in mortality in extremely low gestation babies related to the willingness of the staff and parents to allow active resuscitation to go forward. And we do know that there is significant regional variation within the UK in terms of the, the rates of active intervention, extremely low gestations. And that does affect mortality. Um, and therefore, one must assume that the priors that you bring to those discussions influence the outcome of those discussions. And that's something that we're really very interested in exploring a little bit further, because I think it's really fascinating that we have that variation when we all come from a very similar, very multi-ethnic background. As uh, Professor Marlow mentioned, uh, I also believe your personal beliefs and attitude influences how you counsel or talk to parents regarding limiting uh, life-sustaining treatment, which may influence the outcome of that given baby. In terms of 
this study thinks about the attitudes of neonatologists. Do you think the opinions and the attitudes of obstetricians are important? Is that something that is, is perhaps in some future plans to, to study? This obviously, we provide perinatal care. The neonatologist is at one end of that spectrum. The obstetrician is also very important. Do you think they pro- th- their attitudes uh, influence the, the care and management of our extremely preterm infants? I mean, with it, without doubt, we know that that makes a huge difference. And, of course, the people that first talk to parents or prospective parents when the woman arrives in threatened, extremely preterm labour are the obstetric and midwifery staff. And it would be fascinating to do this again with obstetricians and midwives so we could actually look at the whole range of opinions but I suspect that's going to have to wait for a little while to do. I think it is important, and in the Epicure 2 study, we saw immense variation um, between hospitals in antipartum mortality of women who presented with a live fetus in labour. So that does suggest that the obstetric approach and attitudes does alter the outcomes quite significantly. And over the last year, we've seen a, a new set of guidelines come out from the RCOG about the management of these pregnancies. And it'll be interesting to see how that affects the way in which we approach providing active care at these low gestations. Yes, uh, obstetrician's attitude uh, definitely influences the outcome for these uh, various preterm infants in the sense uh, how they assess, investigate, and monitor these high-risk pregnancies, including whether they transfer in utero to a tertiary center or not, also influences the outcome for these uh, extreme preterm infants. Okay, well, thank you both very much. Um, In terms of what's coming next, this is obviously a paper that sort of sits at a time point in the in the progress of the whole overall study. What's next in terms of this study? What questions does this uh, paper raise that will be answered in, in the next paper? The next phase of investigation will look at the communication between doctors and parents and to determine how the trajectory of those conversations can influence the outcome of those actual conversations and the eventual decisions that are made. And what we would hope to do is to use these sort of attitudinal research as a controlling factor when we start to look at those things. We've got a long way to go on this yet and um, we're, we've got, we're, we're just waiting to hear on a funding for the study. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can also engage with the, the conversation and continue to, to comment at the various Twitter uh, handles. The Archives of Disease and Childhood uh, is at ADC underscore FN. My Twitter handle is at Jonathan underscore Davis 3. And we're with Professor Marlowe, you can uh, engage with the at Epicure study Twitter. Uh, and we hope that this podcast will continue to generate conversation and really thinking and, and thinking about how we think about what we do with extremely preterm infants in the hope that we improve care and have some increased clarity of thought. So thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>